a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart with it. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hello and welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Egan. And today, we rob banks. Two of them, in fact. <laughs> um, the, the first one is... <laughs> now, originally we were kind of going with heist movies mm-hmm. as the idea. Uh, we went around and around, came up with a couple of different ideas, finally landed on... At your suggestion, in fact, uh, one that I've really come to like over the a lot over the past couple of years. I heard about it for the first time when we did our show on the killing with Anthony over on cult movies. This was one of his picks. Uh, the first my choice was uh, from 1961, Cash on Demand, our first Hammer film. Yeah, and then you watched that, and then I watched it, and I really liked it, too. So this is a great choice. It's become a seasonal favorite for me. I tend to watch it every Christmas. It's a good Christmas movie. And that's another thing that both of our movies have in common, is they're both kind of like Christmassy bank robbery movies. Because my pick is from 2001. Highly, highly underrated, hilarious a teen girl comedy movie, Sugar and Spice. Yes, which culminates uh, at Christmas. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first up, we're going to do Cash on Demand. And this is one that is probably even more underseen than Sugar and Spice, I would well, guess. Sure. <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, I had never obvi- even heard of it before that I know. Uh, episode we did with Anthony, yeah. I know. That, well, nicely, though, it is becoming a little bit more available and people are discovering it, discovering what a cool movie it is because uh, I'm sort of seeing it pop up and hearing about it more and more. Uh, I from, have the from uh, different indicator folks. Blu-ray, yeah. so it's available. Indicator released a Blu-ray. Uh, I have uh, the Mill Creek Hammer collection, so it's one of the movies in that. Now, there's two cuts of it. There's the American cut, which is the only one that I've seen. And then there's also a UK cut, which came out two years later. We were just reading up on this. I have this great book called Peter Cushing, A Life in Film by David Miller. And he talks uh, about Cash on Demand. And it was released in 1963 in the UK. And it was about 15 minutes shorter. Yeah. They cut a lot of important stuff out because yeah. I, I wasn't sure what cut you had watched. Cause my indicator blue has both cuts on it, but you didn't have that option. So I wanted to make sure I was watching the same one as you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which was the American one, and I started watching which would the UK it, version first. You would probably call the American <laughs> version the director's cut. It's long. Yeah, it's, ex- it's, yeah, it's, it's extended. Yeah, but it's also got stuff in it that it's like kind of necessary to the characters yeah. and the plot, it sounds like. Right at the beginning, there was a huge difference in the cuts. So, I mean, the, the UK one is only like an hour and six minutes long. So if you want something like really short and quick, I mean, it's not a bad pick. But the um, US one is only an hour 20. Yeah, so. yeah. And there's a lot more, there's just more important stuff with the characters yep. in that one. So I would definitely recommend that one. And I did remember like watching in the American one that that is the the one that I watched originally. So yeah. that's the one I'll just say that that's probably, that's the one we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the, the longer version, which, you know, yes. again, 80 minutes. I mean, yeah. you can handle it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a quick moving movie. And I, but I do like that the, in those openings, sequences it's december 23rd you're set up right at the beginning that we've got it's snowing you've got Mm -hmm. father christmas because this is britain after all outside ringing the bell for the salvation army right and um it's just the beginning is the bank workers kind of arriving and you sort of hear about their boss before he he shows up and it's, it's sort of like comes across as before he even appears as he was very precise he's the yep. dictator of the of the office branch the i guess the bank <laughs> branch yeah we'll see and in the uk version this is this is already a huge difference was that there was none of this stuff with any of the, the bank workers at the beginning the movie starts with fordyce arriving at the bank by himself first that's interesting and then within a couple of minutes um gore hepburn is there <laughs> and the the plot takes off and that that just cuts out so much important stuff with the the dynamic mm-hmm. that's going on and like it because which becomes like really important especially for one there's moment. a key um, scene towards a the end scene that's, at yeah, the end yeah yeah that you need to have those dynamics of that relate those relationships yeah. for it to ha- be suspenseful, you know. Yeah, um, and you need to have that. Um, I don't know if it's just the clashing of personalities. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. real animosity between Pearson and Fordyce. Yeah, like his, his second in command. Like, but you get at this beginning part when he is like talking to him about the pen and yeah, <laughs> just like little shit like that. You, like you need you need all that stuff for what happens later on. Absolutely. But yeah, you get you get from just when he first arrives that he's like very stickler. He like wipes off something on the sign outside yep. as if that matters. You know, he's got sh- uh, shoe coverings, you know, for the snow and everything. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, making sure there's like no speck of dust anywhere in the bank. And you, yeah. you just kind of get the tension that probably exists in that bank every day. Absolutely. You know, having to work under this guy. Well, and even the conversations of the other bank workers as they come in, you know, Harville comes in, he's hung over, mm-hmm. kind of a, he's <laughs> kind of a ladies man, he's young, uh, young kind of a younger guy, <laughs> flirts with uh, Sally, who's, um, you know, sort of a office worker, I think she's the secretary or something yeah. of that nature, and then... Um, they have the older woman, uh, Miss Pringle, who's just kind of this. She has one of the best lines. 
<laughs> right here at the beginning when when uh she's like he's asking if you're a hepcat or a square right <laughs> i was just i was just like yes well, the way she says it is so funny <laughs> i it's, know but the thing is it, it's not really it doesn't feel like it's aged out either it's like she's actually in a way more aware than even these yeah. younger people are which is funny sure. <laughs> And then you, Pearson, um, he's older. He's the chief clerk. He's he comes across as very dour, you know, like he's just mm-hmm. hates his job. He that's the impression. Well, he's got to work get. with this guy. Yeah. Um, and then we have Sanderson, who's sort of uh, you know he's the one. He's the first one in there. He's setting the clock. He's I don't know. He's not as particular as Fordyce, but he's having he follows the rules and he you know yeah. he kind of does what he's supposed to do he's sort of a i don't know he's just he's, or, he's he is introduced as the one who's organizing the the office party um so he's collecting money from different people for to buy the drinks and stuff like that um sure. for the party and um yeah so that's just kind of the opening and then you have scrooge walk in who is <laughs> peter cushing's character uh harry fordyce he's basically he's basically scrooge yeah. in this movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a definite crossover between this having a a christmas carol kind of vibe to it uh, oh, yeah. it's intentional for sure he has a similar kind of lesson to learn he does you know? but they do it in a really cool way i, li- I like the way that this plays out yeah but it's got got a good message to it it does and you know one of the things that is different than scrooge of course is that he does have a wife and son uh he has the picture of them on his desk that they're obviously important to him though one of the conversations later with one of the major characters that is about to arrive um yeah gives some different shed some different kind of light on that whole situation as well so there's this uh, these different meetings with Harville and Pearson about the discrepancy in the bank books. There was a customer who was overpaid, but he brought the money and paid it back anyway. Yeah. So Harville was like, I didn't really see the need to report it. And, and Fordyce is like having none of it. He's like, no, I think yeah. this is a conspiracy to make me look bad and all this. It's... I don't know. This is a really interesting role for Cushing. I think uh, he's it's different for him because uh, Hammer up to this, he had uh, done a lot of television before Hammer came along. He did. Uh, he was Mr. Darcy in a very famous version of of uh, Pride and Prejudice that was on early television in the BBC. Uh, he uh, was. I don't see him as Mr. Darcy. Ve- no, I don't either. He was very, <laughs> very popular though. There was a joke when he was doing all these serials and television movies and things like that on the BBC. There was a joke. It's like um, they asked because television was a fairly new invention. One of the comedians says, have you seen TV? And the other one answers, I don't know. What's a TV? And he says, oh, it's a it's Peter Cushing with knobs on it. Because he was on TV so much. Because he was on everything? Yeah. So this was, he was a huge, I think it's hard for us to realize how big of a star he was on television before uh, Hammer came along. He had been a struggling actor. I had no idea. He had a Hollywood career that kind of went nowhere. Interesting fun fact, the first person he worked for in Hollywood was James Whale, uh, the director of the original Frankenstein in a uh, version of The Man in the Iron Mask. 
And so he worked with him twice, in fact, in in his short Hollywood career. And uh, eventually, of course, he would receive his greatest fame playing Dr. Frankenstein. So uh, there's, in 1957, he did Curse of Frankenstein, then he did Dracula and as Van Helsing, then he did The Mummy, and then he did all sorts of Hammer horror films. His wife, Helen, was like, I don't know if this is a good idea, and then... He's like, well, it's steady employment, so he kept at it. And he's known as the horror icon, but Hammer is known as a horror studio, but they made a lot of other things too. And this is one of those Mm -hmm. key roles for uh, Cushing, but it's also a key moment for Hammer as something that is sort of rising to the surface and being respected a little bit that is not part of their horror canon. And because they made all kinds of things. In that studio, so and they're best known. Yeah, for they're the, best known for horror. horror stuff. Low budget, two week shoots, yeah. quickies that went on out on double features. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And this was in one Wait. of the reasons why it was cut so short is because this was set as a B movie in the UK, so it was the second film. So it was you know the second film is always shorter than the first one. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I think it was probably cut down. But you said this one was kind of one of those quickies shot in two weeks as well. And I mean, you can definitely see how they were able to do that. Because another thing about this movie is that it's one of my favorite kinds of things that we've talked about over and over again. It's all in one location. location. Yep. Yep. But it's still as short as it is and as light on plot as it is. That's what makes... That's why I love these movies so much, because you have so so much less to work with. You can really focus on the character stuff yeah. in a movie like this. And that's what um, this one does as well, really well. Especially the, <laughs> yeah. the U.S. version, which doesn't sure. cut out all the important character stuff. Right. I mean, you have Pearson here asking a trans- for a transfer, and Fordyce saying, no, yeah. I'm not going to give you a transfer, because that would make me look bad. And Pearson, <sighs> is he's trying so hard because he's... He's saying what needs to be said is like, we we obviously have like confliction here with the way we do things and the way we think that things need to be done. It's like, but he, Fordyce just won't hear it. He's yeah. very much a stickler for rules and doing things the right way, yeah. you know, and not really giving any leniency, you know, to even for Harville for that one little thing, which was... A mistake that was already fixed and right. was not even really that big a deal, you know? Yes, exactly. But, again, it, and he threatens to, um, yeah, threatens to dismiss him and probably ruin his his banking career anywhere else in the area. Exactly. Yeah. Just very much setting up that this is not a good person who does not care very much for his uh, employees. Or his subordinates, as he He, he calls, calls them his subordinates, yes. It's... <laughs> Yeah. Like, damn, dude, there, <laughs> come on. <laughs> there are some interesting lines coming up here. Because, yes. okay, now the, this is where the plot kind of pulls into full swing here is there's a guy that shows up, uh, played by Andre Morel, who says he is... He's really cool. I like him in this movie Oh, a lot. he's great. Um, so good. Yeah, if you look up his filmography, he's actually, he's in... 
I didn't. Barry what, Lyndon, Ben Hur, oh. Bridge on the River Kwai. Wow. Okay. A, <laughs> a lot of several movies for David Lean. He's in Stage Fright, the uh, Hitchcock one. He's in How to the Baskervilles, the Hammer film, and those are just the ones that are coming out of the top. Other Hammer ones I see, Plague of the Zombies. Yeah, so he's... That's crazy. He's, I didn't recognize yeah, him at he's all. Got some, he's got some cool. uh, credit uh, behind him. He played uh, Quatermass in the original television version. So he played that character in the television serial uh, on the BBC as well. That. I haven't seen those. I've seen the films. I've seen all three I of the movies. The yeah, they're good. They're pretty cool. But they were uh, played by a different character, Brian Donlevy. But he claims that he is Colonel Gore Hepburn uh, and he represents the bank's insurance company. So he's coming to inspect the safety and security of the bank branch. And there's no reason to not believe him, frankly. He just kind of has an air about him. He has a card. He's got a card. He's got the credentials. (laughs) Um, he seems to know what he's talking about uh, whenever he's, you know, first introducing himself and talking, um, even kind of puts on a little bit of a show with uh, Pearson. He's like, oh, you just let me right in here, you know, to yep. see Mr. Fordyce. I could have had a gun on him in two seconds. And right. another interesting part is when Fordyce pretty much blames Pearson for all of that, gets him in even more yep. trouble in his own mind. Yep. Uh, Again, another important like little seed that's planted for for later on. Yeah. Um, and I like the conversation that they they have at the beginning too, because um, it goes in with sugar and spice as well. When he's talking about, um, it's like, well, Pearson says something like, "Well, sir, sorry, sir, you don't really look like a, a bank robber to me." Right. And he says something specifically about like, you know, you don't, we don't know what robber, you don't know what gunmen look like these days. And what, I think that's what's interesting about both of those these is that neither one of the robbers, like a, either this um, important sounding, like looking normal dude or a group of cheerleaders, you know, they don't seem like they're going to be bank robbers. They're not going <laughs> to fall into the stereotype of what we think of yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well they are left alone in the office together and oh also before this Mm -hmm. when they're um when they're getting like the tills for the the bank ready at the beginning i like how they do that because it kind of obviously sets up the whole like how they get how they lock right the outer door to the office that's true and Mm -hmm. to get into the strong room to to get the money and everything so that kind of sets up the whole process behind all of that for later on just kind of and also just like how the the setup was also really important in like single location movies to me is just like the actual like get an idea of of the the place they do that in the opening credits yeah. Yeah, of like where things are in relation to, you know, the the rest of the set. Yeah. So that's a, definitely a good way to do that. Yeah, it, I I do like how it just kind of the camera floats through the whole yeah. set, you know, during you the, the opening place. credits, yeah. yeah. It's very cool. Um the phone call comes in. Yeah. And it's a it's his you can hear his son crying, "Mommy, mommy, mommy," which is important. And yeah. then his wife gets on the phone saying, you know, do whatever he says. And it, do- it doesn't really get to explain beyond that because I beseech you. I beseech you. That's right. <laughs> yes. But 
because Hepburn hangs up the phone and explains the situation. So there are men uh, at your house and they will, there's an electrode attached to either side of your, <laughs> of your wife's head. Yeah. And if you don't cooperate, cooperate, they'll push a button that will complete the circuit and will essentially. Yeah. Give, Electri- uh, uh, yeah. Electric shock. Electric shock. It's going like. to, it's going to torture her. And yeah. Um, if it doesn't kill her, it's going to leave her damaged is what he says. Right. Something to those. She would never. Yeah. She would never recover her wits. Yeah. I have a question then. Yeah. Which phone call is real? I know that that is, I think it's the later one that's real. Really? Yeah, I don't think this one's real. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of implied by how things sort of end up, at least, you know, with with Hepburn. Well, then that would mean, like, that an important a point that he made about the whole I beseech you line isn't true. But, you know, but Fordyce thinks it is. That's I guess. Yeah, that's the important so, so it's, it's it is true. It, it if would he thinks be con- it's real, then it, then it, it would is be, true. It would be you know? consistent with his character. True. You know, okay. uh, there are just these little details that are thrown in here. Like we learn that the bank's gun is empty. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the signal. Very yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> so uh, there's also the signal, you know, that he's lighting yeah. the cigarette in front of the window. What that means you know, he says these are just one of the signals that I have with the men um, to make sure everything's going to plan, which is interesting. Knowing the outcome that it's it's we we got to it's hard to talk about these movies you know like this <laughs> know. with the twist ending. We right? always so we, we always have play. to we have to say it early. This is all just bullshit. There's there's because there's no one else. There's no one he's signaling to outside the window. Because yeah. he's doing this on his own, he says he says he has the help of Father Christmas, but but the implication is that it's it was me, a man, and a tape recorder. So he has at least one other. And he asks, "Who's the man?" And he says, "The man is Father Christmas." Is he actually telling the truth there? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you would never know with this guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> he this this is really I mean it's not even really a bank robbing movie in some ways it's a con artist movie. Yeah. You know, um, and it's but it's thoroughly convincing. It is because every every little part of his plan, um, especially when we get into here and talking about like move my car and bring in my luggage and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. It and um, him mentioning that you know he's been planning this out for a year. It mm-hmm. very much sounds like that's what's probably happened. true. It's, yeah. it's very very he's very polite polite and. Like I said, everything about this is so well planned out that, and he's so charming about it uh-huh. that it's one of those things where it's like, it can, like this robbery can go on for as long as it needs to without him like ever causing any alarm or being afraid that he's going to cause any alarm because he's supposedly thought out every little detail yeah, and made up this story about his wife and kid that, you know, it's. It's really, uh, it's a very interesting way to do it, to, for it to all be a lie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> later on. It's just, uh. 
Well, the one another thing that's interesting about the Hepburn character, even though that's not his name, we know that's not who he is. Yeah. We never learn his real He's, name. He took the name of a real yeah. guy who actually works for the company. Yeah. yeah, so we never learn his real name, but he's um, he kind of has an air about him that's a little Ghost of Christmas present. You know, he's very he's he kind of jocular, and uh, he talks about um, how wonderful people are. And that's sort of the role of that character in A Christmas Carol. You know, is the ghost of Christmas present is, look how joyous it is, you know, in this moment. Uh, and that's kind of how he comes across. He's a little bit, you know, he's he's a jolly <laughs> looking guy, you know, yeah. take that how you may. Uh, he's, he's a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit bigger, looks like, you know. Um, he, so, you know, that that's sort of how the character is portrayed in, in a lot of the uh, Christmas Carol movies. Um, he seems to be more like, uh, I don't know, like some kind of, like he could not be real. He could be like, he's because he's very observant uh-huh. and seems to be very omniscient. Yeah. Of like everything that's going on that, you know, it, it could be one of those things where like he wasn't real in the first place. He was just here to teach you a lesson or change sure. the error of your ways kind of thing. Yeah, you know? it could be. <laughs> you could read it in a supernatural way if you really I'm wanted to. I'm not saying to, you but, could, but like yeah. it seems, that's the kind of person that he's playing where like, you don't know any, you don't know anything about him, but he knows everything about everyone. Yeah. You know, it's true. Like, he seems to know, he seems to know a little too much. Yeah. Uh, there's a this interesting conversation they have in in this general time period too, where he says he says this line: "You're very fortunate." You know, this is Hepburn talking. You're very fortunate with your staff, and <laughs> he's it, like, "I don't agree." And he says, "That's that is <laughs> not my opinion." It's just a very what matter a of fact. Like, and then they have this whole thing where he says, "Well, you've never donated to the employee party fund," and gives this whole thing. It's like, "Give me five pounds." It's like I only have four. I don't carry much cash. Smart man. You know, all that's pretty <laughs> funny and it's uh, very engaging. Uh, oh, he has the, Fordyce has the line too, where he's like, I'm not in the habit of ingratiating myself with my subordinates. Yes. Right. Which, ah! which is very Scrooge, you know? Wow. Yeah. dude. And, um, Gore Hepburn is there just kind of like, um, you don't even like talk to these people. You don't know anything about them. You don't know that this guy was like a like a chess or what is it? Sanderson was like a chess player or something. Or yeah. is that later on? But that's later, I think. But yeah. But it's like yeah, this guy cares more about what's going on with your employees than you do. Like he sure. makes it Fordyce makes it very clear that he he doesn't think much of the people that work for him just in terms of like them as people or them as employees like they're not as good mm-hmm. at their jobs as he is they're not as much of a stickler as he is right and it's like he just has to put up with them he they, they, they make him he's such a like he's got such a stick up his ass like at the beginning in this movie that um the cushing is so good when it, that gets broken down as the movie goes on and it makes it so much more effective like this the whole um his whole character breakdown that happens. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's so easy to hate him, but you kind of have a hard time with that later on. He really, it really does break him and he breaks very well. You know, um, the sweat on his face and everything as it goes Mm -hmm. on. Um, 
so here's where we find out. He asks him the question, uh, have you ever read The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire? It's like, no, I haven't. Well, you're lucky because these bags are filled with it. All 12 volumes <laughs> and some blankets. So um, so there's nothing in the, in the luggage, uh, which is, of course, the point because that's what he's going to smuggle the money Take out the with. Money out. Yeah. Um, they do kind of a tour of the security devices behind the teller's desk. So we have the silent alarm. Oh, yeah, that's when he's talking to, mm-hmm. he mentions, like, oh, Sanderson, you look familiar. Yeah. Didn't you, weren't you in, like, this uh, qu- quarterly journal or something of bankers for being a, a champion or whatever? And yeah. Fordyce is like, uh, I didn't know that, and I don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Th- then we have sort of the villain explains the plan scene. Um, but <laughs> I-, I like the part where he tells him, take off your glasses. <laughs> That was the best part. It just, just slaps him. Take off your glasses so I can slap you, silly. Yeah. You pretty much. Yeah. Um, now put your glasses back on. You look. You look ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It's great. Um, it's a, you know, there's not the smallest detail of your branch that we are not aware of. Um, so uh, explains the plan. Um, the alarm outside this is sort of like the beginning of sort of those things that are like building the tension you hear an alarm and it's like it's just a fire engine i didn't do anything oh and pearson and sanderson are trying to make up for their pearson especially is trying to make up for what he feels are mistakes that he's made you know for the day by actually uh, calling up the insurance company to, 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 to check up on this guy to make sure he is who he says he is, even though they, they already believe that he is who he says he is because that was something that he said that they should have done before they let him in to go see Fordyce. Sure. Yeah. So they're saying, Oh, we're just gonna, we're going to do it now and let him know that we're, we really are up on our security and stuff. So it's that whole like tension of, you know, waiting for, getting a phone line, you know, to London to actually hear right. the truth and, you know, to find out that this guy is not really who he says he is kind of thing. Um, you don't know when that's going to happen. Uh-huh. I do like, you know, Hepburn sort of explains himself a little bit. It's like, you know, you'll find me, I'm a very uncommon thief. Uh, <laughs> I'm because he's interested in people. And I think that's uh, such a key element of his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the whole thing is like, you know, he infers that as a family man, he's also not particularly loved. You know, his, his I know son, your son said mommy and yeah. not daddy. Yeah, he was yeah. calling for yeah. his mother. And then your wife said, I beseech you. Implying that mercy is not something that you yeah. know you show very often, or he says something like something that. Something yeah. along those lines. But it, like you said, though, but it, he doesn't contradict that at all. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's he's like he's like yeah, you're right. You know, there's sort of this immediate realization, even though the call is fake, that it lines up with reality. Because there's no, yeah. there's at no point to say, oh, no, I'm not like that. It doesn't even pretend he knows and he doesn't care yeah and he even uses (laughs) when it's his own family and he even uses the the phrase you know uh hepburn does says i'm only trying to show you the error of your ways fortnice Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's very again it's that scrooge idea um brought into this you know very sort of pulp plot and he's telling him that he should you know get actually get to know his employees as people yeah you know like 
listen to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's also here that, you know, he it's kind of the first time Fordyce shows anything resembling passion where he says, if anything happens to my family, I'll kill you. I swear I will. I believe him. I do. Especially with a line that he has mm-hmm. later on when he says like that he, he doesn't have any friends. Right. He doesn't have anybody except his wife and his kid. They're all I've got. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Which is sad. It's just so sad. Uh-huh. Even though as much as you hate this guy, it's like, and he, he, maybe he's done most of this to himself, just being the way that he is. But yeah. you still kind of feel for him because that's not, that's not a fun life to, to have. No, not at all. Okay. So they, they call in Pearson to, so they can go down to the strong room and be shown it. And Pearson... And Fordyce both need to use separate keys in order, yeah. you know, it's that deal uh, in order to do that. Pearson's still, at least on the surface, clueless, though I'm not sure. I think there might be wheels turning in I his so. mind yeah, because he's got, he's a smart guy and I think he's a lot sharper than uh, Fordyce gives him credit for. Well, especially down here when he doesn't want to give up his key. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think that, that's when he becomes really suspicious, I think. Absolutely. But yeah, it sets up the whole, like, the, the what is that called? The eye? Yeah, the, the, eye the electric the, eye, which is, the electric is, eye, senses the, motion. Yeah, it's a motion yeah. sensor, essentially. Little yeah. switch that's down on the, hidden in the baseboard, and mm-hmm. then the the blinking light outside of the, the door that lets them know when the inner door is not closed. Right. And everything, so... Obviously, we know that this is all going to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's in some way, sets it, you know? up, it sets it up very meticulously, and yeah. um, it because you know how it's supposed to go, and any deviation from that yeah. could result in the death of his family uh, or torture, at the least. Yeah. Every time something goes wrong, you you're kind of sweating. You know, like, mm-hmm. for example, this is very next scene. They come up from the strong room, the two of them, Hep- Hepburn and Fordyce, well, and the window washer is oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, why didn't you tell me about this? He only comes once a month. I'd forgotten. I'd, you know, he's just like, I swear. And, and so you, you feel the tension with him because yeah. because at this point, we believe that it's real, that, that uh, he really does have these guys at his house but so which makes the plot the end of it a little bit more satisfying but the thing is the movie stands up to multiple viewings i think because you can kind of see the uh i mean it's just a fun ride to take anyway so yeah yeah Um, even already even with all of these kinds of movies always knowing the outcome and stuff that's that's, like i said that's another reason why they're kind of one of my favorites like mm -hmm. Even though maybe nothing really happens, it's a lot of talking. It's interesting. It's good dialogue and it's good yeah. character study that it makes that to me alone makes it worth multiple watches. This I would totally watch this again right now. Yeah, me too. It was a me great too. Movie. This is also a good example of paper is cheaper than film. Yeah. You know, be, be, <laughs> you because go, yeah. you, you get the script really right, exactly, and really tight. Yeah. You you and you just shoot that. You can make a great tight, uh, you know, eighty-minute <laughs> thriller. That I mean, this can't have cost much to make this movie, right? You know, and it's just terrific how um, 
how good it is because um, everything is really laid out. You get a couple, gets a couple of good actors saying those words, mm-hmm. and there you go. It's terrific. Um, so th- then, after the uh, the window washer goes and and they take the luggage down to the vault, um, then what? Of course, Fordyce forgets the combination. I like this moment when he's he's standing there like panicking because you know in you know panic mode you. You forget you something forget. that you do every day. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I love the way that he, uh, Gore Hepburn, uh, reacts to this. Like, he doesn't get mad at him or anything. He's like, he's that same, like, cool, calm, He tells him to stay calm and he'll remember. He's just like, it'll come back to you. It's fine. Like, when you know that inside he's like, bitch, put the combination in now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? But but that's only going to make it worse. Yeah. Exactly. And he knows that. And he's he's smart enough to recognize that. So, yeah, I I, I, just, I I like that moment. Love that part. That's yeah. that was one of those things. That I was like, oh, <laughs> it it just kind of ratchets up the tension that much more. And Cushing plays it. I mean, I I know the sweat is probably sprayed on his face, but I, I <laughs> you can you can practically see it bursting from his pores. You know, as it's right. <laughs> during this scene because he's yeah. Well, and plus with his character just being like such a a perfectionist and like yeah. having this air of like always being right and always being together and stuff like yeah this is another one of those times of like him breaking is like it's really interesting to watch and yeah. it's just um it's like the real person is finally coming out yeah yeah that's right that's right sort <laughs> yeah. of the scared child <laughs> you know yeah um, <laughs> he's terrified yeah he's terrified of this guy in this moment yeah yeah for sure okay he gets the thing open and they're Filling all the cases with the money, and um, <laughs> Colonel offers Fordyce a fiver, you know, and yeah. he's like, no, <laughs> but he stuffs it in his pocket anyway. And he does it to make it in case he appears to be an accomplice. And I don't, or does he do it out of I, jo- I don't think or so. is he doing it out of just being jocular and kind of underhanded and funny oh yeah i think he's being a dick in this moment i yeah. don't think he's like <clears throat> thinking ahead he's, he's not thinking because that far ahead i don't think so yeah because um fordyce acts all like like oh no way i'm not gonna like take that <laughs> you know? and he's like well you know here. he just like sticks in his pocket when he's not looking yeah i think he's doing that just to be a dick to like undermine him yeah that's supposed to be like what five thousand pounds, five hundred pounds, something like that. I think so, something like that. Yeah, and and then then like you said, you know, they they close. He closes the door to the strong room, and what happens? But the yellow lights on because they forgot. To, yep. Starts blinking. Is like, and and he starts freaking out again. So he and he can't find the key. He forgot where he yeah. put the key, and um, it's it's in his breast pocket, and he, uh, yeah, um. I can't and, remember where he put Pearson's key. Exactly, that's what it. That yeah. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, and then he gets the gate closed, gets him up to the thing, and he's like, "Okay, we're done. We're done. We got it. We got it. Okay, get out of here. Free my family." Yeah. It's like, uh, nope, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Um, I need sixty minutes to make sure that I can get away before you call the police, and I'm gonna be checking in. There's a uh, there's a man I need to check in with every 15 minutes. And yep. if I don't hear f- from him, you know, if I hear anything has gone wrong or if I get caught and I don't check out with, with him, your wife is going to get electrocuted. 
So Fordyce basically has to act normal for the next exactly. hour. The next hour. This next thing's really funny because it's a detail that I find really funny where Hepburn, Gore Hepburn just uh, has him sign something uh, to show the dog that. License? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, because he's because I think Pearson's in the room again. Yeah, Pearson comes back in and he uh, says, "All right, sign this because we I I need the head office to know that I did it and it's actually a dog license uh, yeah. like application." That's pretty funny. God, you know what I was thinking too? Like the kind of tension that's probably in this workplace every day is like because he's such a stickler for like doing things a certain way and like mm-hmm. acting, putting on this kind of airs. Like every time he calls Pearson into his office like so many times yeah. throughout the day. You've got to imagine like every single time you get called into that guy's office is like, oh my God, what's it going to be this time? Right. You know? When really, like, if he was a better manager, he could just like literally open the door and be like, "Yo, dude." <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and it would be it would be fine. Instead, and, and yeah. Instead, it's got to be this whole thing where he calls he calls Mrs. Pringle to tell Pearson to to right. come into the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's got to be this like process, um, this way of doing things that by the book protocol. Again, that's yeah, yeah, very by the book, and but just again, all that kind of adds to what a very important moment that's coming up you know i was just thinking that like that's got to be such like a tense place to be i would not be able to work there (laughs) no it would be awful it would be awful and just that idea of being micromanaged yes constantly would be yeah it's awful and he's and he pearson is so worried about his job like the whole time because he's like oh crap you know i there was that thing this morning and then with a pin and then Mm -hmm. like with a gun and like not you know something about like not having the ammunition yep. nearby or something. He just thinks he, it's all this like little stuff that I don't know. It's not really that important, but to yeah. a guy like Fordyce, it is. Uh huh. So that's just that's no way to go to your job every day. Yeah, but I think it's also these cues that yeah. Also, just after Gore Hepburn is left with the money and the car. Um, that he just, Pearson just asks him straight out. He's robbed the bank, hasn't he? Because well, he finds him, he comes in his office and he's doing that weird thing. With dabbing his he, head, that's because, right. Yeah, that's the signal. He was told, Fordyce was told that he has to give the signal after he's left that everything's okay yeah. to nobody. <laughs> exactly. And he's doing and he's doing it like really awkwardly. Like, see, I'm dabbing my, my forehead with my handkerchief. Yeah. And Pearson's like... Uh, bro, <laughs> what what are you doing? Yeah, but also we find out that he's he's already called the police, <laughs> right? Because he's heard back from the insurance company that Gore Hepburn is like somewhere else, exactly. Right now, actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's well. There's also an interesting exchange here where he says after he asks, he's robbed the bank, hasn't he? And uh, Fordyce responds, "Is like they have my wife," and he says, "And the boy." Which is such a weird thing to call your son. It is. But um, <laughs> is that a that's okay. And this is the whole, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is my fam- My family, <laughs> this is the, like like you said before, the, the uh, my family are all I've got. I've got no friends. They're all I've got. Uh, it's just that desperation of the moment. Um, uh, then uh, we get a visit from Detective Sergeant Collins. Who arrives because an alarm was in fact sounded. Actually, like you said, um, the police were called. So this is really interesting. Hmm? 
in this sequence because all the employees that he abused, they they cover for him. Yeah, because he's begging them to to call him off to right, the, right. to stand with him. You know that uh, his family is in trouble, and we've got to lie to the police. He's asking his employees to lie to the police, which they probably mm-hmm. get just from that. That's yeah. probably like a big deal for him to even ask that. Absolutely. So, but and just seeing his desperation. Yeah. Instead of God, yeah. And but they have no reason they, to yeah, cover exactly. for him, <laughs> but they do, which I think is just an important moment for Fordyce. Absolutely. Because, you know, he knows they have no reason to cover for him. He knows he treats them like shit. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, I think that, you know, makes his He's Grinch heart go three, grow three sizes that day, you know. He's already told Gore Hepburn and us that, you know, he doesn't really like them. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks they're bad at their jobs. And now he's asking them to, you know, help him yeah. and supposedly save his, his family's life. I mean, which you understand if they know that that's what the, the stakes are. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, they're good enough people. Of course they're going to do that. But yeah. he doesn't believe that because he's not a good enough person that I don't know that he would do that for somebody else. Right. Know? Because it's... I think that's the point of that scene. Because does it stack up to the letter of the law? You know, the, exactly. You know, yeah. He wouldn't... Mm-hmm. He deviate wouldn't break the rules that. like that. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I really like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really effective. And that's why the stuff... That's why the stuff with the employees at the very beginning is, is so, so important. important. It's for this moment mm-hmm. right here. Absolutely. Now then, uh, the inspector I love this part. comes back, <laughs> and who does he have with him? But... I love when he brings him back. That's like the best moment. Yeah, it's a great moment. Because um, so... that like never happens in these movies. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Nope. They bring him back uh, handcuffed to him, right? Uh, <laughs> and they have found the money. And then Gore Hepburn... Uh, essentially, you know, tries to say, oh, he he was helping me. He f- tries to frame yeah. him as his accomplice. And so the inspector called f- calls the house. Yeah. And they're fine. <laughs> yeah. His wife, no one's been here today. What are you talking about? Say we've been alone. We're, yeah. Nothing's going on. Nothing's yeah. going on. We're just, uh, you know, in- getting ready for Christmas. I mean, that's what it comes down to, I think. And they, so they were never being held. Uh, they, there was no one there. Now this at first though I wasn't sure. At first I was wondering but if this was if this was fake. Way. Yeah, that this was not but I mean but because of the next few scenes I think it's clear yeah. that um that the second phone call this one that we've just heard is the real one. And the first one was was uh yeah. not. So and this is when you know the, But that'd be kind of cool if it was left open like yeah, which one was yeah. real or not, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> Because you could really that'd believe be either interesting one. that if this movie was remade in some way, that'd be interesting to leave that a little bit more open. Uh, so this is when the fiver falls out of uh, Fordyce's pocket because he's getting his handkerchief because he's sweating again uh-huh. as always, and it, you know he tries to explain it and can't really. So they say they're going to take him down to the station. He starts crying. He actually, starts crying. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, and isn't this where? Uh, Hepburn essentially confesses. He says, "Oh, don't no. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was three men. It was. It there were three involved in here. Not and he was not one of them. You know, so it was me, a man, and a tape recorder." He says, "Who's the man?" And he says, "Father Christmas." And it's like not Fordyce. Oh no, certainly not. You know, <laughs> the 
I could have a better accomplice than someone like him, you know? (laughs) That's what he says. So I don't think, like, going forward, since we don't see, like, an actual conclusion to to everything... No, I... I... I don't think he'll keep implicating him. You know, I think no. that kind of signals that he'll be like, well, no, it's, he's, he's seen, he, he asks, he's seen that he's broken this guy down. Right. <laughs> right. Well, know? Fordyce even asks the police officer, you know, what's the sentence? And he says, he says for what? He <laughs> says for completely underappreciating my staff or something along those lines. And, and he says, well, that's not illegal. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not illegal to be a dick. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, that, but the, that, which is kind of the point. It's this is the way he's been treating people is not breaking the law, but there's sort of a law of humanity too, right? Of just being a decent person. And uh, it has that nice little moment where he asks, is it Pearson? For a five, yeah, and he says, "I'll I'll pay or you one, back one pound, or one pound, yes. and I'll and I'll bring it back. I'll br- I, I'll bring five dollars to you later, or whatever it was um, for the for employee the, party for the fund. employee party fund. Yeah, which he's never cared about before, but now he's the Scrooge is turning around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think in terms of the law thing, I think he'll. I don't think he's going to get in trouble for no. anything, you know, because I don't think he's. Gore Hepburn is gonna keep saying that he's his accomplice. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think that's he's why, pretty much. That's why it took a. That's why it took like a second viewing to like kind of get that. It's like okay, I think he's. He's pretty much. He knows the. He knows the jig is up. Yeah. So. He knows that he's been. He's obviously been caught, but he's been caught in like all of his lies, you know, to to Fordyce as well. Yeah, so but he's, he's also okay. been apparently doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And his Rob, the police know who he is. His, yeah, the police are already aware and have uh, yeah have followed followed his career up to this point. Shall yeah. we say? Yeah. But anyway, this is a fun movie. I That's really yeah. enjoy this one. Uh, like I said, nice, tight, eighty minutes, fun movie, good Christmas movie i think i think this would be fun to look at along with something like the silent partner uh because they have bank robberies at christmas but they don't really go about them in the same way uh Mm. pretty different look at this um silent partner is a cool movie you've seen that one right Uh, yeah yeah that's what i thought i'm just i just asking i've seen movies brian i know you have (laughs) yes yeah this one is super cool like i said it it had my attention just being the whole single location thing going on um Mm -hmm. but for it to be like as involved as it was again which is what i love about those kinds of movies like of course it's gonna endure me to it right away and it's great writing and acting and yeah just really obviously there was nothing really very deep to get into the talking about it either with this one or with the next one (laughs) really but that's kind of fun sometimes, you know, you need just good, fun movies. But they are about, you know, human interaction, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I think, the heart of both of these in a way. It's just how do you treat people and how the does it work for character. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so jumping time quite a bit forward from our last movie, we have Sugar and Spice from 2001. Um Directed by Francine McDougal. Uh, this whole movie is very women-driven. You know, the writing, the producing. Yeah. 
And I think this has been a huge favorite of mine for a long time ever since i first saw this i freaking love this movie and it's still like radically underseen i think it needs to be up there in like the tiers of teen yeah. movies from this period but it's not really talked about as it's much. overshadowed by you know like mean girls so much so that there was a line in this the whole dd thing i thought that was right. in mean girls uh, and so <laughs> I, when i saw it in this i was like oh it's this movie. I, for some no. reason, I had conflated the, that scene for some reason. Uh, but yeah, this is... No, uh, it's Sugar and Spice. Yeah, this movie... The, the reason why this has been such a favorite, I think, is that didn't really click for me until this time when, you know, I've seen this a million times, but actually paying attention to the names and the credits, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this was directed by a woman and written by a woman and produced by a woman. And I don't know, like, sometimes it's like, uh, there's an authenticity to this that was always kind of there that, um, I don't know, that's what made it click. But you know, you don't can't really say exactly why something clicks or why it just like feels really real. And this time I was like, oh, okay, I think that's why. Yeah. Um, The way that you can respond to it is uh-huh. you respond to it a little bit more i think than if it was made by somebody different <laughs> i don't know this movie really hits the tone just right oh my god so because well. there's some movies that are i guess have sort of a similar teen crime flavor yeah uh, you know <clears throat> i'm thinking of things it's like one that you have to watch thing, <laughs> jawbreaker <laughs> yeah but i also think you know heather's uh, yeah. is, is another one that's kind of there. But there's something about the tone of this one where it it hits you know, just right on certain... Uh, election, I think, is another one that mm-hmm. has it just kind of balances this uh, this feel of... Oh, gosh. I don't know. There's a, there's a quality to it where the problems feel real, but the way it's told is heightened and not quite real. And as I thought about it, the reason why is because it's from one person's point of view and it's from the point of yes. view of a person who hates these people. Yep. And so <laughs> everything that she imagines is like these, everyone else is stupid except for me. Yeah. And so I forget that sometimes yeah. when I watch this movie. So we yeah. have an unreliable narrator the yeah. whole time through this movie and it's really really uh i don't know that works really well like when this like in the scenes where the parents are meeting it's just yes, and now, exactly she actually says in the dialogue in the narration i wasn't there but i know it had to be this big goober fest and so when it exactly. goes there <laughs> It's like, so my name's Dee Dee, and you can remember me because of my double D's. Double D's. <laughs> it's like, well, that didn't happen. That's not mm-hmm. the way it really happened. This is just a person who who is jealous of this world imagining their life is yeah. like. I and, literally had never thought about that before until this watch, honestly. Yeah. It just, again, like having to, you know, talk about them, knowing I having, we have to talk about the movie, you kind of think about it a little bit differently. And it was that scene, especially where I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is all from Lisa's perspective. So it's probably not how they really are. It's like, she's got to find some kind of flaw in this person that she hates who thinks her shit don't stink, you know? So (laughs) she's got to 
she's got to think that she has like really annoying parents or something when they're, they're probably not like that at all. And, and I think some of her dialogue is it's, it has a very hard boiled quality. Like she spends all her time watching noir films and reading Raymond Chandler and <laughs> she Deshiel does, Hammett, she? you know, and, uh, <laughs> which is why it's great to talk about this movie in Noirvember. I true. think so. It just sort of immediately struck me as a great choice uh, for you know this focus of the month. Even though the movies we're doing are not specifically noir, they have that noir adjacent quality to them, and so it, it, it's a lot of fun. This movie, I hadn't I hadn't seen it since it came out in on video, and I my wife and I watched it. And we thought it was funny, and I, I remember I bought the movie, I bought the DVD, and then, you know, never saw it again until now. And it was like, this is just... I've watched this so many Perfect. Times. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's a, it's a blast of a movie. And I think it's better than it's given credit for, to be oh, honest. absolutely. So uh, hopefully maybe the, it's... talking about it will turn this movie onto some people because yeah. it's it's worth rediscovery and it's really cheap to buy on dvd <laughs> and it's only on dvd it's not on blu-ray uh, it needs a blu-ray it's a freaking classic to me <laughs> yeah it's really terrific and so it it uh it does sort of the thing where also it i, I guess the tarantino gets a lot of credit for you know like taking a genre and digesting it and putting it out into something new. This movie does that, but it does it without throwing it in your face so much to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's subtle about it, but it's, it's having it's, fun with it. It's riffing it's, on some things. Yeah. 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 It's got the high school movie. It's got the teen angst thing. It's mm-hmm. it. That was so popular at the time. It's got the heist movies and it's sort of meta commentary about that. And uh-huh. it's also got, you know, it's like cultural too. It's yeah, like taking cultural ideas and you can get all your ideas. We can we can learn how to do a heist from from the movies. Yeah, you know, that that kind of that part really made me laugh this time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, the, it's very fun. This is my favorite kind of. This is I think this is why like Heather's and Jawbreaker and this one are kind of my favorites of those like um, teen comedies from around this similar time period because it's just my kind of humor. It's that black dark dark humor yeah um that's still really smart and really observant and yeah sometimes i mean there's there's words that are used in here that are not cool Um, but they're also coming from a jerk character but they're coming from a horrible person (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so to pretend that those words are not said to this day by people is i i think Again, it's that depiction doesn't equal endorsement thing, yeah. in my opinion. Because it's like, who's saying it? You know, that makes a difference. So it does. be aware of those things, too. So, anyway. And the movie is short, too. It's super way, short. I mean... Yeah, 81 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't really care about the length of a movie, but sometimes it's nice to just watch a movie yeah. that gets Flies in there and by. gets it done. And it's, it's super fun the whole way through. There's not a minute of, of wasted screen time in this and there's so many freaking lines like i was texting to you it's like i think all my notes again are just gonna be just funny lines from the right. movie right because it's, oh, it's so smart and yeah. there are some i think this part at the beginning here is maybe a little bit of 
trying to bulk up the time because it's like they introduce all the main characters twice. <laughs> they do. I noticed that as well. Because yeah. <laughs> there's the whole, there's the, the pictures that come up where it says like Diane the Mastermind and Hannah the Virgin and Cleo the Stalker, Kansas the Rebel, Lucy the Brain and Fern the Terminator, which... I like how they introduce a character that you don't see for like a really Half long time, movie, yeah. Fern. And then when it's Elisa introduces them again, like while she's being interrogated mm-hmm. by the police. So yeah, it, it is like, a that little kind of felt like a time filler, but that's okay. Yeah. I still like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. But uh, the the I don't know the kind of time they take to introduce each character in that sort of second introduction of them. Mm-hmm. Fills in a lot of of the sort of <laughs> the gaps, I guess, that are left by you know who. But the the quick introduction at the beginning is like these are their roles in a heist movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so we have Diane Weston, played by Marley Shelton, uh, the poster child for high school, uh, which thinks she her kind shit of don't is. stink. Yeah, and that's another thing that this does. This movie does as a teen comedy is that it kind of takes those stereotypes like people are those stereotypes on the outside like this group of cheerleaders but literally none of them are that what what the lisa or what the movie is like trying to say that they are is that that perfect all-american type of girl like all of them have something weird or you know just a little bit off about them to where they're they're not that stereotype at all i kind of like that yeah yeah, I think it's it's a good point too that their their uniforms are, are red, white, and blue too. That just kind of yeah. like uh, heightens that whole like all American thing about them. Yeah. But <laughs> but underneath, like none of them are that at all. Even though um, uh, Marley Shelton definitely has the look going for her with yeah. you know, the the blonde hair, blue eyed, pretty girl, and little cute little barrette in her hair all the time. Which yeah. I hadn't noticed either that Lisa wears. Lisa's the wearing barrette. the same barrette all the time because she's trying to be like uh, yeah. Diane well, the whole time. <laughs> I don't know how I never she really believes got she, caught on to that before. Yeah, well, she she like it's it's all about jealousy with her, I and mean, that's oh, all yeah. she is. I mean, she is uh, the B squad uh, cheerleader. Yeah, like we were talking about with Ravi Michelle, how there's like an A group and everything. Yeah. Well, here we have the A squad cheerleaders and the B squad cheerleaders. Yep, and uh, Diane Weston's the captain of that team um then you have hannah wall the uh is it wall wald sorry is um the uber christian who doesn't say much yeah and they use the arsler unfortunately here but again it's a garbage character who's telling the story it and, and then it goes to kind of prove that hannah is not really just one thing either you know none of these people are uh cleo uh who is funny uh obsessed with melissa george melissa george yeah Uh. she is obsessed with conan (laughs) o'brien conan (laughs) o'brien wants an all leather house uh (laughs) to live in with conan dreams you mean like where i'm in conan's all leather apartment yeah (laughs) and then suddenly we're all buck naked and oiled up yeah, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I love her in this. She's very I never, funny. I, I never can remember that this is Melissa George because I'm so used to seeing her as a blonde and she's got dark hair in here. Yep, yep. She looks so different, but I always I love Melissa George. She's yeah. great. But my favorite character has got to be uh, 
Mina Suvari is uh, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. I mean, from her introduction, I, I do like the way that they they introduce them. They're all in the bathroom stalls. You know, there's just a, there's just five stalls perfect for the five of them and everything. She's she's in the middle one. Son of a blue ball bitch. I always get this one <laughs> and the door won't open. Yeah, I love her. I love her so much. She is amazing in this role as is like what, what does she say is like um, she's got a mouth on her that would I don't know, do something. But, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's they, why I like her. Yeah, so they call her the original bad seed. Yeah. Um, now, the she rebel. was, of course, best known up to this point uh, for her role in American Beauty. Uh, so this is kind of just rolling off of that. Um, but again, a supporting role. So it's it's interesting that she continues it. But she couldn't be more different. Mm. Well, there are similarities, I guess. <laughs> because in American Beauty, she uses... She has a mouth on her too, uh, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being really, really controversial that he that she uh, calls another girl the c word in that movie. Yeah, it was like a big deal in ninety nine. I remember that too. Yeah, <laughs> whereas here, I mean, if she had done that in this, I don't think they could. It's PG thirteen, I think. Um, I um, that's the one thing I almost wish they had just said fuck it and just gone for the R rating with this one. I know. It feels like it's holding back just a little bit. There know? are certain lines where it's like freaking Kansas said she's gonna freak me up. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, is she gonna is, freak me up? And Don't Martha like, freaking Stuart me. It's like nah, that doesn't really work as well. Exactly. I wish they'd been able to go for it, yeah. It honestly kind of looked like they redubbed. Yeah, it did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and decided, oh, we want to aim this at teenagers, so we're going right. to give it a PG-13. But honestly, I feel like this is an R-rated movie that was yeah. held back a little bit. Well, I think even but, without the But F it word, still they works. Still, they still get away with a lot. They of still get away with a lot. And it still stuff. works really well. I mean, it's just yeah. like, man, if they had just, I think it would maybe even be more highly regarded if they had just gone for the r rating i do like the the yeah. line that has their one fuck in it though <laughs> right because you get one you get one non-sexual get one fuck, fuck and it has to be non-sexual in uh in a pg-13 movie yeah uh and then we have lucy who is the geek extraordinaire she's a total what obsessive compulsive freak and she's like putting white out on her shoes or something i like yeah. the li- there's a lot of fun just like little background action that i like watching this too when i mean yeah. diane comes out of the bathroom and like grabs the, the white out from her right stuff like that is just kind of there fun. are it lots adds, of like, things like that there's yeah. there's there's a joke that's later in the movie that i never would have thought about but then it was like no, that's really funny. It's it's. I'll tell you about it when we get okay. there. But um, I love how it cuts to the to the principal's speech. <laughs> the, let someone the let someone let know someone speech, know. and it ends up with if you feel your urine burning, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> if it burns when you pee, make sure, and you have a milky discharge, you know, or whatever he says. It's crazy it almost was like malcolm mcdowell's character from easy yes a. <laughs> that's what i was thinking too <laughs> i don't good. know who this guy is but he is funny <laughs> yeah and then we're introduced to james marston as jack bartlett the new star quarterback uh 
And that's Jack and Diane, which I think is really funny. I know. It's it's so perfect that their names are Jack and Diane. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was like on purpose. Too. On purpose. Little story about Jack and Diane. Two American kids doing the best they can. Let's what? not end the episode with that song, though. No. no I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> well, okay. Now that we've introduced all the characters, can we just kind of talk about them a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about them behind their backs. Oh my gosh, but in the best way. Yes. Because I love them all. Yeah. And like I said, I like that they're all, yeah, I think the way that Lisa sees them is kind of stereotypical. And um, the fact, I mean, just the fact that the characters that they are cheerleaders already Mm -hmm. kind of says something stereotypical about, you know, who they should be, quote unquote. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, based off of just, you know, them being a cheerleader, you should be this like, you know, perfect you know, straight a student on the honor roll and ever but none of them are like that and d- d- even diane who seems to be like the uh perfect one i mean she's like having sex with her boyfriend at every opportunity you know like right. she's not super perfect but even though she i don't know i guess people might see it now as she has a little bit of like toxic positivity which i don't i don't know um i really like her attitude in this yeah. movie like it can be kind of annoying like someone who's like always positive and like uh let's look on the bright side but she does have her moments she's just not ever gonna give up is right. how i saw her this time it's like she's not ever just gonna lay down and take anything she's gonna she's very it, it makes sense that she's you know the the captain of the trillion squad she's very goal-oriented that way and always mm-hmm. wanting to fix problems yep and I, I don't know. I just I really liked that about her, even though some of the things she does have those like lines that should be stitched on a pillow. Like, remember, <laughs> these are these are the best days of your lives so, <laughs> so far. Wink. <laughs> I like her little yeah. winks at, at yeah. the camera, too. Yeah. And then um, Kansas, again, just kind of bucking the stereotype like she's. Like just she will say whatever is on her mind and has horrible language and uh but it's but it's funny and it's never like malicious I don't think even though she says even though they all kind of say mean things to each other as friends I think it's just that thing where like you've been friends long enough that you can sort of do that and it not really affect you that bad or for too long you know yeah they all accept each other for the way that they are. Like as many times as Hannah might say something that, that hurts her feelings, you know, like calling her a whore or whatever for getting, being, getting pregnant out of wedlock or whatever. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like I just, I hear that all the time and it's just, it comes out my mouth and she's like, that's okay. I understand Hannah. And they understand that like, you know, Kansas has anger issues and, you know, lashes out at people, you know, and that Cleo's a little weird because she's got, stalkery things going on with with conan o'brien but you know what i mean like they all just kind of they're they're a good group that they just they accept they accept each other the way that they are and they're Mm -hmm. and i again i think that's another that's a part of why i uh i really like this it's that whole like you know female friendship thing if one of us needs something then we all need something that really comes through a lot in in this movie yeah it's real refreshing and mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's heightened, but it, there's an authenticity. Yeah, it's exaggerated it and it's yeah. a little, it's a little over the top sometimes, but there is still an authenticity to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who's your favorite out of the five then? 
don't know, probably Kansas. I think she's just, Mina Suvari has always stood out to me as a really terrific actress that kind of never escaped the shadow of her biggest role. And yeah. And I don't know. Unfortunately, I think it doesn't seem like she's ever, she hasn't seemed to have done as much as she should have. I mean, she yeah, did American absolutely. Pie that same year too as well. So, mm. so yeah, her, her, top rated movies are just kind of like that same thing, you know? So, you know, American beauty, American pie, American pie Two, American reunion. <laughs> seen. Uh, Slums of Beverly Hills is on there though. So, but, um, she's, yeah, she, yeah. It's, that's what it says. That was, uh, the year before American, uh, American pie and American beauty. Um, okay. I love that movie, but I don't remember her. I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> Uh, it looks like she's still working regularly. It's just, you know, probably not in the kind of high profile stuff right. that she was doing uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Because, I mean, when you're in a movie that gets as much attention as as American Beauty did, I, I think it's hard to uh, kind of escape that uh, if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're an up and coming actor. So, uh, but... Kansas is just a very entertaining character yes. and I don't know I I dig the sort of frankness of her you know yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think Diane is such a I don't I what I like about it is you know there are sort of cracks in the <laughs> in the porcelain you know what I mean where she's when she does get pregnant and you know uh-huh. it's She's having the cravings and the gas and the <laughs> the misery of being a teen pregnant. Oh my you know, god! Being a, Were you robbed? Yeah. No, I have been pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Or being a uh, quote unquote being a statistic, you know. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, yeah, so, and I guess this came about. Um, this is a few years before Juno, I guess, but it, it's that kind of thing kind of came on your mind, I guess around that time. But, um, so I really, those characters, I guess, stand out to me. Diane is the lead mm-hmm. of this movie. Really? Sure. I mean, that's, it's her story and everyone else is kind of supporting, but it's sort of a, a play on the American dream story is what it is over, yeah. or, you know, it's sort of like a, it's not, they all kind of achieve their American dream, but, not in the way that would be expected. Well, it's kind of commenting on the whole like money can't buy you happiness. Like, yes, and it can. Then it, then it does. <laughs> and then it does. Yeah. That's that's some of the stuff that's really, I mean, it gains them this notoriety, this criminal act. It's a little, it's a little like the comedy version of Taxi Driver in that sense. But, you know, um, there's, there, but the, uh, honestly, it's a, there's some irony and there's some really sharp irony in this. Oh yeah, and some and where it's also kind of spoofing some of the it's sort of like Scream in that way, so where it kind of spoofs the genres, but does it in sort of this way that uh, sort of reiterates the genres as well. Oh yeah, it plays into it while commenting on it at the same time. Yeah. So anyway, I also I'm, like Diane because she's like genuinely a a good nice person she is and she, to everybody and the stereotype is that person is the mean girl that person and she's is, not yeah absolutely. is the is the character in you know in of uh, what's her name uh rachel mcadams character uh-huh. in mean girls you know yeah but 
nope, sorry, that's not that's not what it is. She's actually nice. She's actually a nice person, actually a good person. So, and you see that when she goes yep. up and talks to Lisa when they have that uh-huh. little flashback scene at the tryouts, like, wow, yep. like you look great. <laughs> yes. And her her things. <laughs> I had a lot of work done. I mean, I did a lot of work. Yeah. She says I lost some weight. Was like, and they show yeah. her ID photo. I paused on the ID photo, and it was like, no, that obviously it was photoshopped. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, but it was pretty funny. And she's nice to Bruce um, in yeah. that scene too. Who Lisa yeah. is horrible to. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the um, guy cheerleader. Yeah, Ugh. and I think that part of it is because the characters are stereotypically one thing but they're not that thing so Mm -hmm. it's it's good um kind of hitting back to the plot we got i love this homecoming king and queen assembly the the 4-h speech is just hilarious (laughs) and and it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with anything but it's just really really funny well i think Um, what it is i didn't really get it at first it's that like all the different clubs or groups yeah have a candidate for being homecoming king that's not how it was yeah my no school, not like. me either so yeah. it was, it was pretty much just the football players and yeah. their girlfriends that got nominated <laughs> it's always a big deal in movies it's like yeah. did we even have a homecoming like crowning we didn't have like an yeah we didn't no. even have like a nomination process yeah, we didn't it was either. just like it's like the people who always get it get it and it was fine. Some of them were nice. Some of them weren't. And I don't, I didn't care. I couldn't tell you at all who might've been our homecoming queen. I, if we even had one, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, that's always like such a big deal in movies. And of course, like Jack and Diane. Are yeah. <laughs> the I, love, I love the part where he's being applauded and, and Jack goes, I love you too, lunch ladies. <laughs> oh, also in this one, the guy, just, really hit me. just me recognizing somebody from something else. That I always love to do. The AV Club kid is, um, he played Warren on Buffy. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's all really funny. He asked Diane out um, on the stage. And then the football game is really funny because you almost expect, like, when they're running and they're staring at each other, he's going to get wiped out right. or something like that. As often happens. You know, when the guy's distracted by the girl, right. he gets tackled. That happens in so many movies. Here it doesn't. But one of the things that's really funny to me is the marching band arrangement of Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. So the hey, oh, oh yeah. let's go <laughs> is... I didn't know that's what it was called. Okay. I don't know. I was listening. I, I thought that was just... That was really hilarious. But he instead, you know, makes the winning touchdown instead. Sure. And it, yeah. Maybe the slow motion. I love you. Just like, yeah. making fun of that whole, you know, All the whole teen romance love thing. I love it. Yeah. But then I also, again, yeah. it kind of turns it on its head when, like, at. After this scene, that's when you see them. They're just like sneaking off to have sex all the time, <laughs> right? You know, and like nothing like yeah. pure about their romance at all. <laughs> Even though I think, I think what, they do genuinely, yeah. I think, love each other and they have a really cute relationship. So yeah. And again, with it being like a female-led movie, like both in behind of in front of the camera, the guy is kind of a dummy, <laughs> and yeah. he's not part of the main plot or the planning nope. or anything at all. I kind of like no, that. He's he's kind of a side. He's a side character, uh-huh. but it's really it, one of the things that's really funny is where when the girls find out that Diane's pregnant, 
because she refuses because they all have their cycle at the same time and she refuses the tampon mm-hmm. and uh it's like i don't need it you just became like, a statistic wait a minute you just became a-. and so they know exactly right away and then they show the guys they're all five of them football players standing at urinals and they start high-fiving each other <laughs> while they're peeing it's hilarious it's so funny but it's also like kind of a comment on the and how the like different we're sexes, yeah, how the different sexes are treated in a situation like that, where yep. with the group of girls, there's like there's panic and shame, you know, for yep. you know what what's happening to her now, and with the guys, it's all like you had sex with Diane, cool, and that's it. Yeah, it's like you just scored. <laughs> yeah, it's, cool. it's all very Beavis and Butthead. I mean, it, it it's we can yeah. we can make anything uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> everything it everything is Beavis and Butthead. The whole world is Beavis and Butthead right now, and we know it, right? I, I, but I love the part where well, we miss the parents. Well, we knew, yeah, we miss the parents. Yeah, that, the the goob the goober fest and you know. I don't know how he can concentrate with your lovely Diane on this. That, yeah, I don't know how I kind of missed that this time. Like, that's totally. That, that it's all beach. It's, that it's all bullshit. It's yeah. completely exaggerated because it's in Lisa's head of yeah. of, of what these people are were actually like. And yeah. then I think maybe the yeah. next scene is a little more realistic when after where they're the, sitting in the car yeah, where after and they've been kicked out yeah, yeah after they've announced that that she's pregnant and they're like so when your dad said i never want to see your effing faces again do you think he meant forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that's kind of know. maybe more the reality of what happened that night you know sure yeah but i do think it's funny this is this all he she kind of looks at at hannah and says it reminds me of a <laughs> This is young love. woman <laughs> who wasn't married. This is a really good joke, this is a, though, too. Such a good joke. It 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 flips around because she was um, like found herself like pregnant and pregnant. Al- it's like and then on she, a lonely road, alone, and, <laughs> or something. And she went and she said, "Papa, don't <laughs> preach. I'm in trouble deep. Papa, don't, don't preach. preach. I've made been up, losing I've sleep, made up but my I made it my. I'm keeping my baby. I'm keeping my baby." <laughs> and, and then he says, and they go, the great one, Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> and who is Madonna, but named after, but Madonna, the Virgin Mary. Uh, that's perfect. so it's, that's it's, actually it's, a perfect it's, joke. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's like, it's a joke that flips itself back around yeah. and it's so funny. And, um, and then, and then, you know, the whole thing about them trying to get the loan from the bank and they have nothing, you know, it's like, wait, uh, remember, I promise stick a needle in my eye that <laughs> we'll never miss that a payment. We may never miss a payment. <laughs> It's like in the GTO and everything. You know, it's like, oh, well, and even man, Diane's really little speech to him in the car about like trying to lift Jack up, you know, yeah, we, this, I think we're going to go stronger from this again with her just like being trying to be positive yeah. the whole way through. It's like, mm-hmm. and I like how sometimes even she knows that what she's saying is bullshit, but she's trying to work sure. through it. And she's like, yeah. even pretty flowers grow from dirt. Yeah. 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 That works. <laughs> and here she kind of has it's the same really thing. Funny. It's like, you know, don't, we're not looking for a handout. We're looking for a hand up. She was like, right. teach us how to grow corn. We'll like, we'll grow it and cut it and, and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just, Marley Shelton is just like so good at that stuff. <laughs> she is. I think, 
And, you know, she got a lot of shit for Deputy Judy in Scream 4. What? But it's perfect. I, I do, too. I think she's perfect in that. Because yeah. that's the whole point is that she's the anti-Gale. You yeah. know, she's perky and upbeat and, and where Gale is, you know, hardened and tough. More like Kansas, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of a person. So I thought that was sort of the perfect foil. And someone that Dewey you know, would get along great with, you know. Because so of somebody to of look up point. to him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so don't anyway, like her. That's, I, I do too. I always, oh, like, that makes me I always thought people... Deputy Judy was a good... Oh, people are weird about Scream. people don't like her, yeah. <laughs> people are weird about the Scream movies. Um, I like this part but... of the bank too because it's kind of the, the start of us seeing just another funny gag throughout the movie is like her pregnancy sugar cravings. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> She grabs funny. the M&Ms out of the bowl before she leaves. Sure. And, oh my God. Every, every time I watch this, I always want to get a Snickers bar and a pint of ice cream and try that. Because that's what she... That's... It's probably real good. Because uh, I know they have the, the like... Snickers actual like ice cream bars, but I mean, dipping in yeah. actual Snickers and ice cream, that looks... That's pretty genius. I might have to try that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a that's an entire cheat day, right? Right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Jack trying the different jobs. It's funny. <laughs> He's just terrible at it. And then uh, getting a job at Video Update is amazing. I mean, uh-huh. I always i tried i tried to get a job at a video store a couple times. Mm-hmm. I never got hired. Uh, but. But oh man, what's a video been... store anymore? You know, that's what it's like watching yeah. this part now. <laughs> Don't have those. No, I miss it. Uh, um, but they get a uh, shitty apartment the group... and they're all excited yeah. about it. But hey, it's their own place. I'd be excited. It's their own too. place. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and the grocery shopping, I think, is is she's very aware that you know we can't afford this, and he's so excited and everything. Oh, we're gonna. Who's going to teach our kid that Cocoa Puffs are good, but Captain, Captain Crunch, Crunch shreds <laughs> the roof of your mouth? And But Lucky Charms is the best of all. Hey, if you were going to pick, could you be Count Chocula or the Trix Rabbit? Uh, mm-hmm. Count Chocula. Tri- yeah. yeah. She says, <laughs> she says she said Trix, tricks. But, which is the wrong answer, clearly. Clearly, you want to be but Count Chocula. Clearly. There's no doubt about it. I mean... <laughs> Of all the serial mascots, Count Chocula has got to be the one. Well, I think it makes sense for her character to want to be Trix. You know, he's a Trix. cute little bunny rabbit. So, And it's bright and sunny cereal. Yeah. And I, okay, I do actually like Jack in this movie, even though he he's kind of portrayed as a himbo, pretty much. He is. He's absolutely a himbo. But I, I still think that he's absolutely genuine about it, everything. Oh, totally. And I like that he stays that way throughout the whole movie, you know, and he, it's never anything of, I don't know. It's like, I like that there's never any like problems in the relationship about the situation that it, right. it's always like, it's cause you believe in it more. You believe in them more. And yeah, for, um, you want, you actually want the heist to be successful so that they can have like this cute little life that you know that they're going to if they're given the chance because they do seem so authentic and genuine with each other sure. kind of yeah i like that but also when i'm watching the scene i am also crying in grocery store employee watching her put all the things back in the I wrong know. spot I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the, the she puts meat the meat on the magazine, magazine rack <laughs> yeah why the cashier is right there <laughs> i know 
It's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she gets the bright idea of getting a job as at the bank. At the, bank at the grocery store so. bank branch, which we also had in my grocery store. So I don't yeah. know. Some things yeah. just like still kind of make me laugh about this. It's kind of, it's, I don't know. I guess it's shown as kind of lowbrow or something in the movie sure. or just like small town. Because you don't really know like where this is taking place because it's that whole, I mean, it's basically an all American, this can take place anywhere yeah, it's wherever, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But you definitely get a small town vibe from, I think, you know, where football is really big and popular. Mm. The high school football team is what the whole town loves and that kind of thing. Then, of course, Jack gets hired at Video Update because the guys, (laughs) the other two employees there are kind of in awe of him. (laughs) They want to learn from him. (laughs) They want to learn from him. The question is like, you know, so, so, you know, she's pregnant. So you, 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 uh, you banged her, but now you can't bang her. (laughs) <laughs> which isn't true but anyway uh, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um and uh don't you just get super horny don't you get super, and if so like, how horny i'll be quiet horny. now so i can <laughs> hear your answer <laughs> well and then lisa comes up and, and she's renting and she, <laughs> lolita nine and a half weeks and a half weeks and wild things, and wild things. <laughs> yeah that's really funny uh, that's a that's a good little gag there too i love that one um this is guys i'm gonna be a dad Dads don't get horny. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. I do like the, the when they're watching Point Break. Yeah. On Girls Night. It's like, so they could tell they had a, that they were surfers because of a tan line. But, you know, guys, it's Point Break. Just. It's Keanu. Shut up and watch Keanu. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is where they, she gets the whole idea for robbing a bank to get again like the beatles were wrong because love isn't all you need <laughs> you also need money love won't pay the rent love won't bear my baby diapers and love certainly won't give me my new dolce and gabbana jeans when i lose my baby weight sorry i've seen this so many times and i have to <laughs> and, and then i have to wear guest jeans yeah, no, chick jeans i'll be another fat ass in chick, chick jeans. jeans that's that's right that's right that's really funny then they were t- commenting about how the in the heist they always get caught in the, in the movies they always get caught or whatever is as well. So we'll just watch All a bunch of movies. Do a bunch of movies and learn from their mistakes. I love a movie where they have to watch movies mm-hmm. and they're trying to emulate from that. So they agree that they're gonna rob the the bank branch where Diane works. I do like that that part where yeah. um, in the voiceover release is like, you know, things were really starting to take a toll on Jack and Diane because they were so busy. She was super pregnant and they have practice and they have work and she's like she was really starting yeah. to look like shit and and she's like up against the glass like half asleep yeah. at work. I'm under the eyes. I'm under the eyes. Um I love it when they're watching the movies though. It's like I watched Reservoir Dogs, and well, they had nicknames, and that's all she learned from Reservoir Dogs. Well, and she, I and like then, how she says specifically too. Is like you, you, you he slices guy's ears off, and you, you see everything. And everyone's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of that. Yeah, and then Heat, where she has, where she has uh, a full packet. <laughs> Lucy, so the, the packet is like this is my. In summary, um, no part of Heat is applicable to a grocery store bank robbery. <laughs> <laughs> which i love this like, so she did then, all that work for nothing <laughs> yeah and then when hannah is talking about watching the apple dumpling again, this is my favorite really line funny of the whole movie for some reason has always been kansas is like 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You watch the Apple fucking Dumpling Gang? <laughs> I don't know. Just the what? way that she says that is like my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> At least I'm trying. At least I watch Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> I'm only allowed G movies. If I quote anything from this movie, it'll be, you watch the Apple fucking Dumpling Gang? <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> well, the thing is, I kind of feel like watching the Apple Dumpling Gang after this now. I've never seen that. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. It's... uh. I watched it as a kid and, you know, Don Knotts, Tim Conway, you just got to, you know, that, that team, good team. Yeah, anyway, it's like, we're not acting like cheerleaders. <laughs> we're acting like a bunch of sorority girls. I love that line. Which always also makes me laugh because I, yeah, I'm a sorority I girl. <laughs> I know. But I can laugh at myself. I get the joke. <laughs> just me. And yeah. it's, again, it's another thing of like. Kansas and Hannah get into a fight that way in the in the doctor's office. Like she like smacks her and they start pulling each other's hair and stuff. But it's just I don't know. It doesn't feel it never feels like malicious. It always just feels like friends like fighting the the way that they do. But yeah. it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. And they're sorry and they see how sure. that it's affect that their behavior is affecting Diane when they were supposed to be all pulling together for her and that's i think that's a really cool thing that happens in this scene when they mm-hmm. find out that the baby has two heads no wait yeah. actually she's having twins <laughs> she's having twins now i gotta say this is the scene that really bugs my wife i bet she is... <laughs> these are the kinds of scenes that always bother her because okay she's uh uh she's an ultrasound yeah tech and so when i, I think it's kansas just picks up the Cleo. transducer and just Clea, okay, just puts it on her belly, and it's like a perfect picture, right. perfect shot. <laughs> she knows exactly like, where to put it. Yeah, the baby's not even going to be there. That's not where the baby would be. Stop it. And then, it's just, another thing that bugged her is we used to watch House, mm-hmm. and the doctors would always run the the ultrasound machine. It's like, they don't know what they're doing. Even I know that's not right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, none of them know how to use that. So, yeah. anyway. I didn't think about that. That's true. You yeah. shouldn't show that scene so, to your wife. So the, and she, it, it's always really funny because whenever there's an ultrasound scene in a movie, it's like, yeah, that's not where that thing is, and that's not the picture that's on the screen. So it's it's very entertaining. It's like me watching people play guitar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they are not playing guitar right now. So it's movie logic, right? Uh, movie logic. Movie logic. We movie needed to logic. find out. Logic that is she was, dull. We needed to find out that she was having twins. Just to kind of up the stakes, make them realize, you know, that like, no, this is serious. And like, we got to do something. We got to pull, come again, come together, put aside our differences and really like do this thing right. And we're going to learn how to rob a bank from the people that know how to do it best. Criminals. Yep. And Kansas' mom has been in prison. Meets her mom. Well, she's been in prison since the day she was born because she (laughs) killed her husband while she was in labor with Kansas. Why did she have a shotgun (laughs) with her in the hospital? Movie logic. (laughs) I think that's part of what's funny about it because it's obviously, again, it's Lisa telling the story. So she doesn't know why Kansas' mom is really in prison. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think I think it's because I, I think, she, she did kill him, but maybe it didn't yeah. happen exactly <laughs> like uh, like that. Like Lisa yeah. tells the story while they were in labor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because if yeah. you look on the deleted scene for that, actually shows like a little flashback of that of oh, really? somebody like because she says you know she hears something funny in the next room and it's Kansas's dad taking a nurse's temperature and you actually see like a little mm. shadow of two people having sex and like a a woman sitting there like 
literally just pulls out a shotgun while she's in labor and like in the hospital like that's the flashback to it like i don't i'm not so sure that's how that really happened (laughs) right yeah and and then uh she gets in we get introduced to mink well we get kansas's mom specialist yeah kansas's mom is sean young really oh i didn't even didn't even (laughs) didn't even dawn on me I do like Mink. It was weird because she kind of reminds me of someone I know. Just like the way she carries herself is similar. The way her, the expression of her eyes and her hair is different and everything like that. But something about the way she turns her head and everything <laughs> like that. It was like, huh, that's that's really weird. They kind of look similar. I, anyway. I like, um, I don't know, for some reason I like the conversation of between Kansas and her mom because... It's a good scene, yeah. It's, it's a good nice. scene. It's like not your typical reunion type scene, but it's just who these characters are. I like that they have the little um, thing. They're like, well, my friend got, got pregnant. And her mom is like, before you? Woohoo. Yeah. And they fist bump or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. Yeah, there's, I, like there's a, I like that there's an immediate connection. Yeah. Connection, you know? It's not like the... Oh, you were out of my life for so long, and I hate you. And yeah, I, no, she's like, no, it's I don't crap. Hate you. It's like just immediately, yeah. It's like you don't look anything like your picture. It's like, well, <laughs> that's because they. Grandma sent you a picture of a neighbor kid. <laughs> neighbor kid, yeah. <laughs> I was beginning to think I killed the wrong man. I like this line too, and she asks. Uh, I think she knows that her mom will be really willing to help her because she just comes right out with it. It's like we want to get we want to get money for her, you know, by robbing a bank. <laughs> and like a yeah. line from mom oh my god this is like you asking me for help with your homework and she's like so proud yeah. of kansas <laughs> it's 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 good it's really funny i'm sorry if i just quote uh, everything I, I this movie is so yeah. quotable for me <laughs> this is also where we learn that the best day to rob a bank is the day after, day after christmas. christmas so banks don't have holiday pickups so vaults are full that's right so another link there between our previous film and Indeed. this one yeah Got to get your gats from the Terminator. <laughs> get your gats from the Terminator. And gats are guns. Uh, right. Guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, itchy sent us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot. There's a I'm lot. Sorry. I, I like the Terminator scenes funny. Yes. This is where we also learn the, about Fern, uh, who is the actual Terminator's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, who always wanted to be a cheerleader. He'll give if them the guns for free if you put her on the squad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Fern, also a little link to Jawbreaker there. Fern is yeah. a character. Okay. You got to watch Jawbreaker, Ryan, please. I know. Do it for I me. Do. do it for your best friend, I know. please. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'll watch it. I've been meaning to. It's just, there's so many movies and I know. not that much time. And they don't, they don't really want to do that just yet. So they try to come up with. Uh, they need to get money to go buy the guns, so they go on a little practice run for their <laughs> their robbery. I like this. They they rob the the lunch lady <laughs> or the lady. Yeah. What kind of high school? Like you have to buy tickets every day or every week to go eat lunch. That seems kind of impractical. That Whatever. was sort of a thing back in the day, really? I guess. But yeah, we always had a little card. Yeah. We had money on. It's like your ID card. Well, so back in my day, we had the tickets. What kind of food are they serving us? They can make a profit off of two hundred dollars. <laughs> right. Is all they get from yeah. robbing the lunch lady. So then, yeah, they go get fern. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the this is the scene with the weird joke. Okay, this is this is a w- totally random thing, 
that you hear this dog barking and you see the mailman walk by and then the dog runs past him. <laughs> Did I? I didn't see that. I found that so funny because, <laughs> you know, you think the dog is going to attack the mailman, but no, he the, he runs right past the mailman. And it's just like... Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to watch it's, that. It's while they're counting the money. And it's just like, it's the dumbest joke, but it it just it, it made me laugh for no apparent reason so hard. And I can't even explain why. It's just like, it's <laughs> just this idea that... And it's a total throwaway moment. Huh. There's nothing that... That's really smart, though. To, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that line that you overhear... When uh, <laughs> they're in the van with Fern. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, so what are you, anorexic girl? Because Fern is like, yeah, that that one too. Yeah. Super. She's like really, really skinny. <laughs> so yeah. what are you, anorexic or bulimic? Just skinny. Don't make me hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just not a, that's not a cool thing, but you know, <laughs> you know it still it, made me laugh. <laughs> but again, it's also from Lisa's point of view, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure that's the kind of thing that she would think, yeah. right? So the, the, I think it's funny, you know, they're planning out the robbery with the dolls the <laughs> and and we've got... Can't uh, use a Barbie no, doll. We have the Betty doll. The Betty doll. And then there's the whole uh, thing about, you know, she's writing down their to-do list and one of them is teach Fern cheers. <laughs> and then she writes it down again. Because Fern sucks. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. she's bad at it. And then... Um, the salute to winter sports scene. I think that's also kind of showing the passage of time too. That we're getting yeah. like closer and closer to them. Closer to it. Doing the robbery. It's sort of the yeah. Then they give all each other all you know Betty masks. And, well, that's another thing uh, that I kind of like. There's like a thing throughout, like whenever they have their girls' night together, is they have the the Ouija board <laughs> that they yeah they ask it one question a week. <laughs> that's a funnier scene from from earlier too. When yeah. Hannah tells her horseback riding story, <laughs> right? That's right. I think that's kind of a joke. I on, forgot about that. Yeah, I think that's kind of a joke on like why girls like horseback riding so much. You know, that's always right. been like kind of a, a thing. But <laughs> right. And then uh, can- just Kansas's lines to her in in those scenes too are kind of funny. When yeah. um, Hannah asks something and <laughs> Kansas says like it's in the Bible, so just shut the hell up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or or earlier, she's like, "Why do I? Can someone else run the board?" And she's like, "No, we need a virgin to run the board, you know, because you're kind as pure of heart. The devil won't dick with you." <laughs> right. Which is where I think the language in this movie. That's where I think it it still feels R-rated in a way when it yeah yeah you got lines like that it's, without it's having right to the use edge. the F yeah. word all the time. Now, when uh, who is it? So Lucy is the one, the Harvard one, yeah, the right? one that quits, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she quits. Now, the, the what it's like, we put hands in on this, or Diane's response, and we put hands in on this one. You're breaking the National High School Cheerleading Association's Pledge of Allegiance and Conformity. <laughs> that that was so funny to me, too. I thought that, that just killed me. But it's also the thing of, like, you made a promise to your friends, to your family, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's one thing that... Um, when they're agreeing to do the robbery in the first place, that's one thing that Kansas says, too, that I really like. And what Cleo says, too, like Kansas is like, you know, this is the closest thing to a goddamn family I've ever had. And so like, right. we're closer than sisters. And Lucy is kind of breaking that pact. So, yeah, they're upset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, the exchanging gifts and everything. I think know, this is another big... good joke, too. <laughs> 
where he hands her the ring and there's no diamond in it. You know, next Christmas I'm going to put a diamond in it. Well, and later on, uh, wait, because he sold his car to yeah, that's right. To get the and, ring, and, and, and her gift to him was a gift certificate to uh, get the car, get the car painted. And she just calls it out. It's so good. Just thought you thought you might want a different color after Christmas. Well, no, it's that's like, pretty funny. No, it's just it's such... because because they get it repainted because so it doesn't get traced back to them as their getaway car. Well, no, and just, when she's telling Kansas about it, she's like, "Oh, we don't we don't have a getaway car," and she just kind of calls it out. She's like, "It's some goddamn gift to the Magi thing." It's like that's exactly what it yeah. is. It's just another like smart yeah observation yeah, observational humor yeah. that this movie makes. Uh, I like the exterminator van. Uh, that <laughs> we can't stop. Brakes don't work. The brakes are bad. <laughs> now, one of the things I noticed when they actually... So they take these different things from different heist movies and they put it into this one moment. Obviously, the masks are point break. Mm-hmm. and the uh, But the flower boxes, Dog Day Afternoon with the guns in them. That's right. Damn it. Why and, didn't I think of that? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, of course, uh, they walk into the into it like... They do the reservoir dogs. They do the jawbreaker line. I call it the jawbreaker line, yeah. but it's also this like gross, like reservoir dogs. Yeah, I love yeah. their their disguises. Their costumes are kind of great. Yeah, and then Lucy dressed as Nixon is really funny right. in the suit <laughs> where she comes back. But they're wearing black, um, and again with like kind of the all American girl like thing. They're wearing some kind of like there's some kind of flag design on their outfits. They're all yeah. to disguise Diane. They all wearing bellies, so they all look pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and with the the Betty doll mask, it, I don't know. I just, I really like that their disguises they choose, and then it's such a cool one of those cool like type of yeah Reservoir Dog shots when they're they walk into yeah. the grocery store and like pose, and then there's a slow motion of them like ripping the ribbons off of the yeah the I love that shit. It's fun. <laughs> it's great, and um, the heist is really. Uh, entertaining you know the whole thing where they do the cheerleading move to sp- put the spray paint on the that was a big mistake though thing. come on <laughs> yeah they shouldn't it have done that gives away who they are it's just that was an illegal dismount <laughs> and the whole thing is like are you are you robbing the grocery store or the bank branch <laughs> so do you right. want everybody to get down <laughs> yeah that, that's really funny too <laughs> Um, but like what the Diane pukes in one of the bags, <laughs> and then when they show him counting the money, there's like this rack with She's money hanging it. on it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It funny. They don't pay, they don't put any attention to it. It just mm-hmm. is, and I and that's one of the things that's great about it. You know, five pregnant Betty dolls robbed a bank. One of them stepped right um, on my ass. <laughs> one Hello, of them right on can my you ass. dust my I'm, ass for prints? <laughs> the girl who plays uh, Lisa is great too. She's, she's, she is she's great, amazing yeah. you might recognize her as another tough chick she was gia on full house <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's right there you i go. think she's also she's best known i think for the practice i never watched that show though i never watched the practice either um she's great though but she's got she's yeah. kind of like uh kansas's character where she's got that really like a hard-nosed like uh, sure. The way she delivers her lines, that's really funny. Like, I love the yeah. little um, part when um, she's in the video store because she's in love with Jack, too. So she's always going there to, to be around him. And he's, like, falling asleep. And so yeah. someone else comes up and she's like, get your loser ass away from me. I don't know. Uh, everybody is just so good in their, their roles and their deliveries. They are just so on point with their characters and who they are. It just... Mm-hmm. I love a movie like that. I love a movie where like everybody is so committed 
and they're having fun with it. You, they know what kind of movie, yeah. they know exactly what kind of movie that they're in, and they are playing that to a T. I think that's what everybody yeah. does in this. It's so great, and it's, it's what makes it so smart and fun and enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it's when everybody sure. knows what they're doing, you know. And and I think the what the cashier says, you know, I think it was an Asian gang, <laughs> and it just sort of changes everything and. <laughs> Because they're very acrobatic people. I mean, that is just the weirdest thing to say. I know. So wrong. Though. All, so much really about this is. movie is so wrong and so not PC. But that makes it funnier. Yeah. Because it's willing to go there sometimes. You know, but it's it's never Frankly, being... people say things like that. And it, that's what it's commenting on. It's commenting on people yeah. who have those. It's not, again, it's not that they're endorsing those ideas they're like commenting on how stupid it is that people have yeah. those kind of stereotypes yeah that's right that's right and you know like the whole betty fever kind of takes over right. the the united states and the, it's on <laughs> kurt loader right on mtv flashback wow <laughs> that was funny next my an interview with Alanis Morissette on the effect of the Betty doll on society or whatever. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 That was really funny. Um, yeah. And okay. So the a squad gets arrested while they're in the cafeteria. Everyone's like freaking out about right. them and stuff. That's, that's they, really funny when they walk in. Yeah. They think everybody's going to forget about the highest and no one's going to suspect them because they're yeah. just five little teenage cheerleader girls. How could they, yeah. commit a bank robbery sort of thing yeah 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 but of course everybody well, suspects them this sort of just barrels towards the it end does. here because yeah. it sort of sort of pulls the rug out because diane calls lisa we don't really know what she says but you get a feeling mm-hmm. and because they need an alibi now and lisa then after telling this whole story that sort of take a takedown of the a squad says it wasn't them they were with me in my suburban yeah. that night. They were waiting outside that day. while I went in. While I went yeah. into the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> so then we find out what the call was about. Uh, the alibi was in exchange for making Lisa the A Squad captain, which they need anyway. Well, yeah, because Diane's gonna give because, birth. <laughs> yeah, so she's not gonna be able to do that. Now this ending. Uh, it just kind of immediately goes from there to where did everybody end up, which is kind of fun, actually. I think my favorite thing is the Scream 8 thing. I also just love the way that it's revealed, where it's just by by the pictures. Yeah. You see like a little <clears throat> yeah. bit of the picture and then it get, yeah. you see the full, like an actual picture mm-hmm. of them in the future. And then you get like the yeah. full scene. I, I think that's a really clever way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, Diana but yeah, the Cleo and Jack actually do get married, have kids, and and he becomes a senator, senator yeah. and uh, all. Of, so it's like they have their happy endings. Mm-hmm. Everybody, uh, then you know, uh, uh, Cleo. But yeah, Cleo being in Scream Eight made me laugh so Scream much eight, this time. <laughs> and 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 ending up with Conan O'Brien is <laughs> shopping for all other furniture in Soho. Yeah. <laughs> Is, Kansas is got her mom out of prison. Funny. Yeah, Hannah. no woman who's been in labor that long can be uh, found guilty of murder. <laughs> right. um, yeah, Hannah has a writing stable now. <laughs> right, it's funny. Lucy invented some pizza box that made her a millionaire. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's a it's a fun movie, underrated. Um, I think uh, uh. it was. It was a lot more um, to it than I had remembered and just 
that's happened a couple of times with these kinds of movies movies that i always just like really like because they were fun or whatever when you actually maybe look at them more critically or you look at them when you're a little bit older you pay more attention to like who's involved and like what it's really saying or just when you've watched enough movies that you can tell what it's riffing on (laughs) that's when you can see really how smart something like this is yeah and just how well written it is even though it seems like kind of harsh and kind of not pc or whatever it's just being a very black observant comedy yeah and it's i think it's pretty effective in that way very effective i i i was having i always have a ball with this movie but i think i was loving it even more just kind of noticing those little things and kind of getting a little bit more in touch of like why i responded so well to this in the first place and i so i saw a little bit more in like the motivations of the characters and that kind of stuff and it just Mm. really made me like it yeah a lot more than it just being a funny teen comedy yeah absolutely there's so many lines we missed, though. <laughs> there are lots of lines that we miss, but, you know, people are going to have to watch the movie and get it for themselves. I'm going to be somebody's bald bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Do you run into Carmen Electra over the summer? Because oh, you got some of her tits on you. <laughs> I'm just comment- right. commenting on the work that she, Lisa had done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. No, it's good. It's funny. It's funny. Okay. So... Uh, for our next episode, we're going to sort of continue with our noir adjacent yeah. kind of stuff. So we did robberies slash heist with this. And for the next one, we're going to be doing mysteries. But we're going to be keeping what movies we're going to cover a mystery. Because we haven't decided Which yet. Which sounds really be- annoying, but it's yeah, it's only because we, we can't. Yeah. There, there's so many good ones that we both love that we want to make the, that we want to make the right picks for this one. Yeah, what we had before yes. was kind of basic bitch movies. Yeah, so we want to. <laughs> yeah, a little. It, it didn't feel right, so we decided we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit. Uh, get, see if we can be a little bit more sophisticated. Perhaps <laughs> I don't know, and just have fun with yeah. with uh, with some picks. So we want to watch rewatch some movies and stuff, and uh, come to the right. Right choice for each yeah, of us. So. I think so. Yeah. Sometimes when we go to plan our calendar, we just like, oh yeah, that'll that'll work really well. And then we see we watch more movies or just kind of yeah. thinking back on like what we're actually excited to be talking about. And I think we can come up with some pretty good picks if we give ourselves a little more time to make the right choice. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. So mysteries so. is coming up next. Some of my favorite stuff. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, um, so uh, real quick, uh, socials, uh, I'm on many of them at BrianWaves42, but I'm not on many of them, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Same here. I'm kind of on Instagram at Michelle Egan. And the show is on Twitter and Instagram at MovieLifePod. But uh, what really helps is giving us a, a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, especially, but wherever you get your, um, your podcast, wherever you're listening to us. So what a mysterious month this has been, <laughs> especially considering it's still the middle of October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I haven't been watching anything but horror movies until watching uh, this. So, but hey. That's all right. <laughs> it's all we're, good. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead of ourselves, ahead and of it's ourselves. good to do that. But 
until then, what are we going to do? We'll see you all next time.